You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Who are we to think that it's supposed to be easy? Who are we to think that God should just uh, roll out the red carpet for us? Amen. Uh, and line the, the streets with flowers and just make it all beautiful. Amen. Sometimes uh, you have to go down some dark and lonely roads uh, and it's difficult uh, and it's tiring uh, and it's taxing uh, and it's exhausting uh, and it's discouraging. Uh, but the Bible still says you're blessed because you're not offended to the point of stopping your mission. It seems like most people are surprised when life gets hard. We don't expect it when trials and difficulties come. And sometimes people get offended that the Lord would allow these things to happen. Well, today, Pastor Gary explains that these difficult times shouldn't come as a surprise to you. In fact, God tells you to expect them. Don't let what's happened in your life pull you away from the Lord or shut you down from being used by Him. Instead of being offended, Keep your eyes on Jesus and how He's blessed you. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew chapter 11 as he continues his message, Are You Blessed or Offended? There are times that we have to say to ourselves, you know what, if I have to be the one to bear the blunt of criticism, ridicule, and pain and hardship to serve God to get this job done, then so be it. You won't regret a mile. Oh, there may be some pains that you wish you hadn't had to endure. People will say things and do things to you in the church world that you never thought possible. You thought that my, under God, church folk ought to act better than that. But here's the difference between the one who is offended and the one who is blessed. The one who is blessed decides to be blessed and not to allow every offense to get them distracted from their mission. I've been a pastor long enough to be able to tell you that if every pastor quit at the first sign of trouble, they wouldn't last a year, most of them. Because people say the darndest things. People say the stupidest stuff, and I don't want to offend anybody. Amen. I don't have any church case in mind when I'm saying this, so don't be wondering. Well, I wonder who's preacher's mad at this week. Ain't mad at nobody. People can get ridiculous. And some of the best advice I've ever, I was ever given as a pastor, and it's the same advice I'm going to give to you as a congregation, your success can be largely determined by how much you're able to ignore just let it go. It ain't even worth thinking about another minute. Because as long as you dwell on it, you're feeding it, and you're justifying your position, and you're also condemning the person that did you wrong, and you've lost your focus on what God told you to do, the sooner you can forgive and forget and let go and move on, the more blessed you're going to be. And... uh you need to know that God is on your side. You need to know that you're a blessed individual, even not only in spite of, but because you're being persecuted for Christ. 
What a blessing it is to be able to be counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What better cause is there to give you life to? Amen. Who are we to think that it's supposed to be easy? Who are we to think that God should just roll out the red carpet for us? Amen. And line the streets with flowers and just make it all beautiful. Amen. Sometimes you have to go down some dark and lonely roads and it's difficult and it's tiring and it's taxing and it's exhausting and it's discouraging but the Bible still says you're blessed because you're not offended to the point of stopping your mission I'm blessed in spite of and because of the trouble that comes my way for serving God that's the attitude that you've got to get You've got to change your way of thinking and quit having your pity parties and quit feeling sorry for yourself and quit thinking, well, if they only knew what they did to me, they'd understand. Uh, Amen. God knows your pain, but he says do it anyway. And God didn't ask you to do anything that he didn't willfully do himself. uh, For he made of himself no reputation and became obedient even unto the death of the cross uh, to do what his father told him to do. Uh, And God the Father asked God the Son to do something. Uh, he told him full disclosure what it was going to cost uh, and, the, the, and the son prayed Father not thy, my will but thine be done. Amen. He said I'll do it for you daddy. Amen. And I'm not asking you to do anything for Gary Caudle but I'm asking you to do everything you can for Jesus Christ. And if Jesus asks you to do something for me or if Jesus asks you to do something for this church, uh, you do it for Jesus, not for us. And that way, if we disappoint you, <laughs> you can still do it because Jesus told you to do it. And he knew before you even started doing it that we would disappoint you. But he said, do it anyway. Since when did Jesus qualify who we was going to minister to, to by who was going to disappoint him? If Jesus said, well, I can't serve those because I can see down the road, they're going to be a huge disappointment. He would not have ministered to one of us. Not one. Jesus saw Judas Iscariot's heart and knew that he was going to betray him before he ever did it. And yet he washed his feet on his last day alive before his crucifixion. It's not about us. It's about our Father. And how many times have we declined an open door or opportunity to serve because we didn't like the conditions that came with those opportunities? And it was even perhaps offensive to us that we would even be expected to serve under such conditions. And yet... The Lord is looking for somebody that will serve Him, that will take an assignment and be mission-minded and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, even if it's at great cost to personal opinions or preferences i will i will serve my lord i will serve who my lord says serve and i will let you deal with the consequences but i'm not going to be so personally offended that i decline an opportunity to serve my king of kings and my lord of lords and that's the blessed individual for psalm chapter 119 and verse 165 says great peace have they which love thy law 
and nothing shall offend them. Let me break that down for just a minute. There is no one in your life that will be more invasive, intrusive, convicting than the Lord Jesus. He knows everything about you. And if you can endure being personally discipled by the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in your personal life, if you can endure that and still serve God while He's working on you and adjusting on you and tweaking you and fixing you and me like, like He does, then uh, can't nobody else come close to that, the scrutiny. Amen. Sometimes we don't want to talk to the Lord because we know He knows too much. And we don't want to hear what he has to say about it. Amen. Right? But if you'll serve the Lord, he, he knows how to deal with it in such a tender way, in such a healing way, in such a compassionate way, that you'll be both convicted and constructed all at the same time. You'll be both cut and healed all at the same time. Because that's the way the Lord works on us. Amen. And if you can undergo a personal discipleship program with none other than the Word of God and the Spirit of God, then whatever else anybody else has to say about you won't matter to you. Because Jesus done dealt with your deepest, darkest secret, and He's still working with you. So you don't need their approval. You don't need their acceptance. You don't need their accolades. You don't need their praise, amen, because you're serving Jesus, and as long as Jesus has use for you, he knows your issues, he knows your struggles, he knows your problems, yet he still chooses to use you. He knows, Peter, that you're going to deny him three times, but he also says, when you finally get come back around, I've got an assignment for you, amen, and that's what he's working on you and me to do is to get us to the point to, to where we're not only tripping over everybody else anymore, we're not even tripping over ourselves anymore. Like I told the Lord many years ago, Lord, uh, I said, Lord, what if I mess this thing up? And the Lord very graciously and convictingly said, well, you're going to. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> like that was a surprise to God. It was a surprise to me. But what surprised me more than anything is that he still called me. If he chose those that were perfect and prepared and and talented and, and had it all together and had all the God don't pick people out because he needs them. He picks people out because they need him. And he will equip them to be used of him. He was getting along way before I ever showed up, and he'll be doing just fine after I'm dead and gone. Amen. God don't need me. God don't need you, but he wants us all. That's the beauty of the gospel. The gospel message is that he wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to sustain you in your infirmity, in your difficulties, in your transitions in ministry as you serve God. And in incoming starts and, and people start criticizing, people start running their mouth, people start discouraging. You thought they was going to help you. And not only did they not help you, they abandoned you. They talked about you behind your back. Amen. God wants to know if you're going to be faithful to the mission and, or if you're going to get offended. And walk away. You're either blessed or you're offended. One of the two. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to bring this to a close. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11 says this. 
Not that I speak in respect of want, Paul says, for I have learned. Notice the big word, learned. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And I did a deep word study on the word content. And you know what I discovered? That not only means to be held or to be contained with limits and to be quiet, but it also means to not be disturbed. Here was a man who had mountaintop peak experiences with God and deep low valley experiences with God. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been beaten left for dead. He'd been in prison. He'd suffered all kinds of things. And he said, no matter what state I have been in, I have learned how to be content. That is, I have learned how not to be disturbed by external circumstances to the point that I quit on God. And many are not serving God today because they're still disturbed by the external circumstances that God has not in his sovereign will chose to fix for them yet. And so you have your conditions with God. Well, God, I'll serve you if you make it easier. Sir, ma'am, you're offended. And God's calling you back home. And he's not going to make the road easier. But he's going to put power in you to to accomplish the mission that he has called you to accomplish. So we learn then that a state of contentment and blessedness is found through acknowledgement, not acquisition. Let me say that one more time. A state of blessedness and contentment in God, it comes through acknowledgement, not acquisition of better circumstances. In other words, some of you are waiting to be blessed. I'll be blessed as soon as God answers my prayer. I'll be blessed as soon as they apologize to me and tell me they were wrong. I'll be blessed as soon as that, uh, that preacher that did me wrong calls me up and says I'm sorry. I'll be blessed as soon as my ex-wife admits her wrong. I'll be blessed as soon as God helps me out of this financial bind I'm in. And as long as you keep waiting for external circumstances to change before you declare yourself blessed, you will never be blessed because you, sir, you, ma'am, are offended that God has not changed your circumstances for you. God's looking for people that will serve him through the thicket, briars and all. When I was a boy, I went down to the creek from time to time to go swimming in the summer. One summer in particular, I mean, you know how the boys are. I had nothing but shorts on. I, I walked down there barefooted, didn't have a shirt on, didn't have shoes on, no socks, just, just swimming trunks, all I had on. And, uh, and I was messing around this old feed mill there next to the little creek. And uh, I had no business messing around in there. And, and I got tripped up and fell down in a pit that was full of briars. And I had to climb out of that mess, stepping on briars, getting snagged. I was, I was a mess. I was scratched up. Can I say this? I was offended. I was so tangled up in the briars, I was pretty much... Uh, is, is, is this a good word, immobilized? <laughs> but there was nobody to help me there. So I had to figure out how to carefully calculate every step, every maneuver, as I was climbing up out of this ditch full of briars. You know where some of you are at? You're in a ditch full of briars in, of life. And you've been immobilized for a long time, and God's here to extend a helping hand and he's not going to leave you to yourself. He's going to pull you out. But you're going to have to be willing to drop your bitterness, 
Drop your anger. Drop your frustration. Quit blaming other people for your lack of commitment to God. God, own your personal walk with God and get up and serve God today. And God will help you through it. And there's grace aplenty. There's mercy aplenty. That God will pour in the oil into your wounds as you need them. You don't need those who offended you to be the ones to correct the wrong. You need a Savior who understands your sorrow, who understands your pain and said, uh, while, while we're talking about your pain, uh, let me just remind you what it costed me uh, to even be able to pull you up out of the ditch that you're complaining about today. I took spikes in my hands uh, and in my feet. They put a, a plaid of thorns, a crown of thorns on my brow. Uh, they thrust a, sword, uh, a spear up into my side. Amen. Uh, they ridiculed me. They mocked me, uh, and all this I did for thee so that I can heal you while you're hurting. And when we get our eyes back on Jesus, our problems don't seem to be near as bad, do they? I I want to, in closing, address your attention now to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Watch your Bible. This is what we commonly call the Sermon on the Mount. There is a common denominator throughout the Sermon on the Mount that you need to pay close attention to, and I want to point it out as we go. Verse 1, see, no, verse 2, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed, blessed are the poor. Now, Is that present tense or future tense? Present tense. Now, wait a minute. They're poor. They're poor in spirit. Jesus didn't say, one day you'll be blessed. He said, you are already blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. Now, is there a promise involved? Of course there is. God's going to turn some things around. God's going to fix some things. God's going to answer some prayers. God's going to bring healing. God's going to do some things in his own time and in his own way. But you don't have to wait for the answer to the prayer to be blessed. You're already blessed because you've got a promise. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and th- you hungry and thirsty this morning. You're blessed. For uh, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Those peacemakers, those people that are always in between two warring parties. Uh, Don't you get exhausted trying to keep the peace in your family. Don't you get exhausted trying to keep your mom and your daddy from going into an all knockout dragon. 
aren't you exhausted in trying uh, to referee uh, church members to try to keep them from fighting out, amen, fighting each other and, and squabbling? And care? You know, I'm talking to you peacemakers. You know how, uh, how straining it can be on somebody who tries to keep two opposing forces held at bay from killing one another, from destroying one another. And the Bible says right while you're in the midst of trying to keep peace between two wars going on, uh, God said you're also blessed and you don't have to wait for the war to be over to be blessed. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, uh, for theirs is uh, the present tense, the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> I'm already blessed. Amen. I, I, you, you've got to define your blessings by heaven's definition and not earth's definition. I was telling Amy yesterday, we know many people that have a lot more stuff than we do. But we have de declared and acknowledged that we are more blessed than they are. Because we are learning to measure our blessings by heaven's barometer and not earth's. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And this is the clincher right here. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Not only does God want you to get over it, but he wants you to be happy about it. Wow, that's exactly opposite of human nature. That's exactly the opposite. But see, you can't keep a blessed man down. When you realize that your blessings don't come from men and, and they, they're not gonna, they, they can't give them to you and they certainly can't take them away from you unless you give it to them, then you know that you are blessed no matter what. Uh, and you can dance, say, man, you can shout the victory. You can walk on cloud 10 today knowing and realizing uh, that greater is he that is in you uh, than he that is in the world. Uh, and you don't have to wait on the promise to shout the victory. Amen. Some of you ask me from time to time, how are you doing? And I might say from time to time, shouting the victory. My brother used to ask me, what happened? I'm just shouting the victory. He thought something big happened in my life. And I've learned to shout whether, that, whether the big thing happened or not. <laughs> whether God answered the prayer or not. Whether they apologized to me or not. Amen. <laughs> whether they agree with me or disagree with me. Whether they love me or whether they hate me. Amen. Uh, when you are truly, when you truly acknowledge how blessed you are, you cannot be offended. You cannot be stopped in your tracks from serving God because you know who you are and you know what you are and you know whose you are. Are you blessed or are you offended? Has God dialed your number? Is he calling you back to the ranks? Is he calling you back to the front lines? We're already blessed because blessedness is not determined by favorable circumstances, but by faith in Jesus Christ. You're not waiting on blessings. You're living in them already. Amen. And when Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? The reason that was such an interrogating question is because Jesus in just a few chapters earlier described the greatest love as that kind of love where a man would lay down his life for his friend. And Peter knew that when Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me? Jesus was essentially asking Peter, would you be willing to lay down your life for me? Peter had to get through his frustration with that 
his battle with himself, the temptation to just walk away and never come back. He had to fight through all that. And finally, he was converted. That is, he was changed. He had a change of heart. He repented of his selfishness. And he said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And then Jesus said, feed my lambs. And what Jesus was saying is, get ready. It's fixing to cost you your life, but I want you to do it anyway. Does it offend you that God would ask so much of you after he's done so much for you? Is there a price that he would ask you to pay that's too great for you? Where, where would you draw the line for God? If there's no line to be drawn, then you're blessed. And it could cost you everything, but you're still blessed. I know this was a weighty and a challenging message, but one that we are desperately in need of hearing and adhering to today. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.